So we've got a community board meeting. Well, not, we don't have it. We might be there, but there is one. There is one <laughs> tomorrow, Wednesday, one thirty, and it's back in the town hall in the supper room. So, what do you think will be discussed, John? Uh, well, there's an agenda, but it's always hard to predict which bits of the agenda are going to get discussed and whether there are other things which aren't on the agenda which are going to be discussed. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've spotted that this time there's quite a few things which were on the minutes last time but aren't actually on the agenda. Um, and they might well end up spending ages talking about Canada geese because quite a few people are preoccupied with those as creating problems around the harbour. Um, we have not. heard we have heard about this. Should we explain that for people who don't know what the story is, just in case? If you like. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> well, there's all these geese, and they can't get rid of them in the harbour, and they get on the farmland and poo all over it. And it's well, I a don't prob- think they've tried to get rid of them, have they? Haven't they? Oh, well, they won't go away of their own accord. <laughs> um, they seem to be... Well, they're, they're becoming a pest, aren't they? Yeah, well, they've become a pest wherever they've been introduced, I think. In Canada, they've got... The natural wolves and everything that prey on them, dogs, but coyotes. Oh, so uh, we just need to get some wolves and coyotes. Uh, well, the, the council did try that in Huntley. Well, they didn't try the, the actual animals. They tried putting wooden silhouettes of them. and It disturbed them for a day or two, but soon they realised they were just wooden and weren't chasing them. So. Oh, OK, because they've got them actually on their, um, one of their domains, haven't they, by the river? Uh, yes, yeah. Well, th- they were complaining about the mess they were making in the parks at Huntley. So they were trying to deter them without actually shooting them. I think one of my soccer teams played possibly on the same park once. So, yeah, it's <laughs> not, be very careful not to fall over. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Um, so, I so mean, what, what is this? on the agenda, but it's only in the minutes at the moment. So. Yeah, uh, but it's not really, a com- it's not the community's, who's, ju- ah, now this is the issue, isn't it? No one's entirely clear whose jurisdiction it is to sort the problem out. Which council? Or, or who? Yeah, um, well, as I say, the Waikato District Council tried sorting it out in the park at Huntley. And failed. Um, yeah, <laughs> so far. Um, presumably they're going to come back and propose shooting them or something. But um, well, that's shooting is ta- always controversial. Especially in town. Well, it's on the beach, so. And on the beach, which very often there's nobody there. But depends what time you do it, whether it's okay. on a summer sunny Saturday or whether it's in midwinter on a Sunday morning or mm. something. You won't miss it. I can imagine doing shooting in a rural area, but um, yeah. Well, but providing you're firing out to sea and there aren't any people swimming or kayaking or anything out there, you should be okay. But yeah, um, but, but that's, so that's Huntley, but, but is it, wouldn't this be a, a regional council issue? Well, that's one of the other problems. Is it is pest management a regional council problem or a district council problem? And is it not does clear? Does the beach um, belong to the district council, or the regional council, or nobody? So, yeah, there's these overlaps between administration, which in both those aspects are quite unclear. All right, so um, folks, we've got no clear answers about what's going to happen with this, <laughs> except probably that the geese will keep breeding. Yeah, or even whether it's going to get discussed tomorrow at the community board meeting. Yeah, as I say it's it's only in the minutes, not on the actual agenda. So and I really, I seriously doubt the community board's got the capacity. To and the same with, goes for the sw- swimming pool as well. So the swimming pool's been discussed for, well, it's been discussed for over a century, I think, because they tried to create a coronation swimming pool about 1910. But, 
Um, <laughs> it's on the agenda again and being discussed. And it, it was in the minutes, but again, it's not on the agenda. It was. Um, this sounds actually like something might be going to happen because um, some land has been made available. Um, Over at Rangitahi. Yep. Yeah, and I did... Oh, that's why I had my interview with Gabrielle, the community board chairperson, last week, and she was actually going to a meeting about the swimming pool straight after our interview. So she may well have some news. It might just be, yes, we're continuing to discuss, um, but that would be better than no news, I guess. Um, Iwi Apu Connections, again, in the minutes, but not on the agenda, as is consultation on recycling, because the community board was going to put in a submission to the Ministry for the Environment on recycling. But it, it doesn't appear in the agenda, so whether they're going to tell the community what they've put in or not, I don't know. Um, so that, that Ministry for the Environment consultation on recycling, that's a nationwide thing? Yeah. Do, um, we, do we know what it's about specifically? Well, it's basically looking at uh, things like deposits on bottles and all, all those sort of things. So Okay. Um, it covers a whole range of recycling things. I think the consultation's closed now, but the community board at its last meeting decided they ought to put something in, but didn't decide what they ought to put in. Okay. Um, and there's quite a few things which are in the minutes, but not on the agenda. So the airfield is probably one of the more controversial issues that got a mention last time because you asked a question. Um, but the, the only mention of it this time is that um, there's an entry about Sound Splash having its usual event in uh, mid-January, uh, 18th of January, and they comment that they've staff have put after that is that Raglan Airfield possibly not usable for parking due to political issues. So I actually, <laughs> um, I, I don't think that that would be the case, to be honest. Uh, I don't it's think, interesting. That I don't think that they would be. In. Yeah, I mean the the the. I think a lot of the sentiment around town that's anti the airfield is that it should be used for uh, local purposes and uh, not out of town is coming to fly in. So sound splash is a local thing. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think that'd be. I, I don't know, but I don't think that'd be an issue. Right. I suppose it also depends whether it's open for aircraft by then and whether the pilots object to having it closed for a few days to accommodate parking for Sound Splash. Well, it has been for the last five years or so. So, Yeah, but the airfield hasn't been closed for the best part of a year for the last five years when Sound Splash has wanted to use it. So. No, but I don't think anyone really worries that much about the out-of-town pilots. Except the out-of-town pilots who seem to have a good lobby with the council, so in, otherwise they wouldn't have spent over 150000 on the airfield. Do you think they do have a good lobby? Have you got evidence of that, or are you just saying that... Well, I'm just saying that the airfield is open and all it needs is a closure notice saying we're closing it, and 30 days later they can close it. Um, that yeah, would have been I think, far cheaper than anything else they've done. I, th- I think it's got turned into such a kerfuffle... And so many people are at loggerheads. I think it's hard to get to cut through all that and just get uh, a, something practical to happen. Uh, in the meantime, the community board is basically saying that all the land issues is it's a negotiation between Iwi and the government, or Iwi and the Crown. Um, there's nothing, you know, and they're right. It's not their job to interfere with that. So that's why it's not really been talked about by the community board. 
Should we move on to the next thing? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll come to that issue about uh, Iwi and the Crown later. But uh, oh, yes. yeah, the, the next thing, um, uh, say there's a whole list of things which um, were on the minutes last time and not in the agenda this time. So there's a whole load of roading things. And they do mention a quarterly roading report and I hadn't been aware before that the roading report was only being done quarterly and whether the community board's going to just accept that as they usually do with what council says or question why it can't be done at every meeting uh, remains to be seen Um, because there's things like the um, winery road footpath and the bus services that council set aside a hundred thousand a year for but then didn't spend it because they couldn't get matching money from government Um, the angle parking on Bow Street or Upper Bow Street whichever um, interpretation you want to so, put on that. Hold on, John, let's go back a step. Uh, that, that money that they didn't get enough of, uh, at the last meeting there was discussion about <coughs> uh, approaching the Chief Financial Officer of the Council for some funding for a two-year trial. We might have an answer about that at, the, at this meeting. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It, it's in the minutes at the moment, but we may end up with these things being discussed. So, yeah, uh, kind of. The, we have the convenience that the roading manager lives in Raglan, so if he comes to the meeting... Um, it's pretty easy to ask questions. But if there's only a quarterly roading report, even though he lives here, there's no reason why he would be at the meeting because there are quite a few other people from council or related organisations coming along, particularly connected with the um, waters, um, the sewage and things like that. So. I think he just comes along because it's in his town. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll see. As yeah, I say, yeah. these I'm things not, aren't not, actually on the agenda. So. Yeah, and I'm not promising on Gareth's behalf that he'll be there. I'm just saying he often is. And it might seem an odd way of starting, say, what's not on the agenda rather than what is, but it's always hard to predict quite what is going to get discussed at community board meetings. Yeah, and the next thing was Upper Bow Street Parking, and it does not literally mean the thing that is called Upper Bow Street up by the water tower. That means where we are, this part of Bow Street. Yeah, it's still um, in minutes as Upper Bow Street, so it remains to be seen whether they even try and correct those minutes. But uh, Anyway, but just to be clear for listeners, that's what we're talking about. Parking signs, John, where are parking signs going? Uh, well, ever since they put in the extra, is it 57 car parks down James Street, they've been talking about putting signposts to them, because even on busy days when the whole of the harbour front is parked up, it's quite often possible to find a parking space down there. They did put a sign. <laughs> a small one. Yes, no one realised. <laughs> uh, do you know how long ago that was? I think Clint was still our councillor then. Yes. And he was somewhat annoyed at the sign because it was tiny. And I and like and I go through that intersection every day, and I didn't know it was there until he told me. Yeah, which is why so few people park down there, because um, it's still not well known, <clears throat> particularly for those who are coming to town for the first time. So yeah, most it, towns you go in, and there's a big sign saying this way to parking. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's still there even, but for people who are wondering, it was a normal sized sign, like you get like a parking sign on the street on the side of the street, but it was in the roundabout, and everyone, of course, is looking every which way to see where cars are going on the roundabout to make sure it's safe. They're certainly not looking at a sign in the middle of the roundabout hidden sort of half in the trees. Yeah, even though I've just walked past there, I didn't notice whether it was there Yeah, or exactly. Not. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. so that's the thing. Uh, Rose Street Parking next on the list. So this is... This, this is a request from the residents of Rose Street that was made two years ago, maybe more than two years ago, to sort out the parking on their street. It's right next to the wharf and people park boat trailers up there. And they were concerned that there wasn't room to get vehicles through when you've got boat trailer parked on a narrow street. I think also people were were parking half up, half on over the curb with their wheels 
in the grass mm. on, on a slope and it was getting slippery and cars were getting stuck uh, and then the neighbours were having to help get them out so the whole scenario wasn't very good um, <laughs> last time we at the last meeting uh, Gareth Bellamy the roading manager said that the, the road well they call it the roading alliance it's the, they work with a, a company John what company is it to do the roading Downers Downers and was it a, third, a quarter or a third of their staff happened to be off with isolating with COVID or <laughs> family members having COVID at that point in time. So they were getting behind, understandably. But this has been around, as I say, for over two years. So <laughs> Sounds like something's going to happen, though. Yeah. As soon well, as everyone's better. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as I say, th- th- these are all the things which um, aren't actually on the agenda. So maybe we'll get around to the things which are on the agenda, like the... We're near a walkway, as they're calling it. It's a bit misleading to me because it's not actually linking up directly with we're near a street. It's parallel to it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the, that's the, you go down to the jetty and then you walk left along to the bridge with the, uh, the nasty concrete slope on your right-hand side. And that's into what the they're water. calling the we're near a walkway. Yeah. yeah. Which I've never heard that name used before. No, that's someone looking at a council map going, oh, I've got to call it something, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, Sound, sounds a good reason. Um, but anyway... <coughs> Uh, those who use it regularly might have noticed that last November some people were wearing orange jackets and having a look at it and now they've well um, not now back in January they produced a report and that report the community board asked for and they finally got it onto their agenda Um, and which is a bit concerning to me because it seems to me that reports that say that the wall has effectively failed ought to be um, presented to the community board as soon as possible rather than when council gets asked for it and finally puts it on the agenda. Do you think from the point of view of the staff, the report is for council staff to make decisions about and so they're just naturally going through that part of the process and that telling the community board is a kind of an aside or a bit of an afterthought? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that is what has happened, but it seems to me it shouldn't work that way around. No, the people voting for the community board probably agree with you, but I'm just saying that probably is kind of how it's working from the inside. (laughs) Um, So uh, it'd be interesting to see what the community board says about it and whether they're happy that it's taken so long to come to them and whether they're happy that it's a report that doesn't say that anything else is going to happen. It ends up saying further investigations and physical works at the top of the wall are required. That doesn't say how they're going to be done. Something well, something's clearly going to have to be done. Um, and there, I've had a I've had discussions with a community member who um, is concerned about cycling safety in town. Who was hit by a a car and had suffered a brain injury and is currently getting better. Um, and that's one of the areas he's concerned about. And he did make a really interesting point, which is that we've now got this. Because I like I like walking along there, and it's and it there's no rail or anything. I kind of like that vibe. And I think a lot of people do, but he's pointed out that they've created this big cycleway from uh, Wainui Reserve that's delivering people all the way through to Papahua and across the Walk Bridge, and it's you know lots of room to bike, and then suddenly you're left with this narrow little path with a big drop below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the usual story with Raglan is getting busier and busier, and things that used to be fine um, maybe aren't so fine anymore like you used to be able to get a park anytime you liked anywhere you liked in Bow Street that's no longer the case we're kind of having to face that reality so I think given that they've got this report saying it's not safe and they've got the issue of more and more people going there I think what's going to happen is they're going to build something that's twice as wide with a handrail I think in the end 
that's what's going to happen. And I'm kind of... And rather higher, probably, because they point out the problem of sea level rise. Okay, yes, a higher one. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love it how it is, and I know lots of other people do. I'm kind of already resigned to this fact, because I've talked about it with, with a few people and thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, that's just going to happen, isn't it? Well, one solution is to just extend the footbridge and take it in a straight line straight across to Winera Street through the back of number... One way near a street, which is council-owned anyway. Or, or just put some steps up the hill. Uh, well, steps aren't wheelchair-accessible, which is usually a requirement for these things these oh, days, especially if you're cycling. So. Yes, true. I know another way. You could make the, that path, what we're calling the near a walkway, the path alongside the water, you could make that a one-way loop. So if, you come off the, if you're coming to the bridge, you come from the jetty, and if you <coughs> come off the bridge, you turn right and go around toward the fire station. So make it a one-way loop. How's that, John? Is that a good idea? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not sure the people will be happy. At, or, I I mean, know. The, the, it's hard enough to enforce in one way on uh, Cliff Street. People are You've nearly always that. cycle the wrong way and quite often drive the wrong way down that street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that from personal experience. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of being silly, but um, all I'm saying is that things are going to have to happen and someone's going to have to make a decision quite soon about it, I think. Yes, uh, I'm guessing there's going to be quite a discussion on that at the community board tomorrow. Um, yeah. Coastal Reserves, I don't know whether there's going to be any discussion on that. The um, Coastal Reserves Advisory Committee was wound up by the Mayor, um, again, best part of two years ago. Uh, but uh, the, the report in the Community Board agenda says a meeting's been scheduled with Caleb, the Open Spaces team leader, to discuss our roles in the organising of the first annual stakeholder meeting which sounds like it's a recreation of that advisory committee, but um, it'd be interesting to hear if there's any more to say about that. So, well, it doesn't feel quite like the committee so much as just a forum to, for, for interested groups like the Fishing Club and the Surf Club and whoever else uses Papahua, Wainui Reserve and Manu Bay um, reserves. Yeah, it also to be interesting to see who they define as a stakeholder because I mean, one of the major omissions from that advisory committee, it seems to me, was not having the Whangaroa Harbour Care on it because they've got a nursery on the uh, one of the uh, on the Wainui Reserve <coughs> and it seems to me that having a nursery there and having done a lot of the planting there makes you quite a stakeholder but they were missed out. So. Yeah, well I mean this is obviously an opportunity for anyone involved in those and those bits of land to, to get, get their foot in the door, I'd say. Yep. So and, but it, we don't know when that's happening yet. Maybe we'll find out on, on Wednesday at the community board meeting. Yep. Um, another of the things which has been around for a long time but nothing got done is the um, edge of the... Uh, op- we were talking about the walkway along this side, the town side of the bridge, but there's also the crumbling uh, edge of the harbour on the other side of the bridge, which since they took the old bridge away has gradually been more and more washed yes. away. Now I had I had a statement from because I asked the comms department of council, because I heard that there was going to be some planting there and and I asked when's that happening and that was supposed to happen last year I think, but of course COVID has, has <laughs> made everything difficult. But I've that's now got it. the cryptic comment, Kim to plan spraying and planting, so I don't know if we're going to get any more details on that. Yeah, that's there's a little area there, kind of. Well, it's it's near the the memorial, um, just toward the bridge, a little bit, 
um, that's in a bad way. That is, that's going to be washed out. If you leave that for a few more years, that'll just wash right out there. <laughs> and it's quite clear that that's what's happening. The planting is urgently required and probably should have been done a couple of years ago at least. I suppose it includes spraying. Um, I should explain that Kim is one of the Parks Department people. So right. And she's the one that's been identified as planning the spraying and planting. But, um, yeah, if you spray that area, it seems to me you're going to increase the erosion rather than decrease it. But yeah, well, I thought, it was, I thought they were just planting, she's doing. just planting grasses in the sand or something. I don't know. I will find, we'll, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we can report that back to you. Yep. Um, the community board's been given the job of organising a meeting about the Orca Crossing safety improvements. I'm not sure whether that's a meeting of the community board with the council or whether that's a meeting for everyone. There was going to be a, a meeting with staff to see what they could do to, to get, <clears> get the ball rolling. I don't think that's happened. Well, it hadn't happened last week, so uh, it may not have happened. Yeah, well, that's what I say. It's, it's not clear from... Um, I mean, very often the community board reports are excessively lengthy but some of these are rather too cryptic to work out just what they do mean yeah well because i talked to gabrielle last week the community board chairperson i know that at that point that meeting hadn't happened okay um wolf structural repairs pontoons and walkways this is one that's been around ever since the provincial fund um of the previous government um, gave them two and a half million to do something with the wolf um, so it seems to be moving towards actually being constructed in July. Uh, at least that's what the community board's hoping. Um, well, the, the tender will be approved, I think, by that point. But how busy <coughs> the contractors are, given we all know what the construction industry is like at the moment, it's anyone's guess when it will actually happen. Uh, well, that's me saying that. And it also depends whether they need to have a publicly notified resource consent. Yeah. Um, <coughs> because it is going into the coastal marine area, and usually the regional council's quite fussy about what happens in that area. Their pontoon will need one, won't it? Because uh, they've got to put... Um, yeah, because it's going into that coastal marine area. Sticky uppy things into the ground. Yes. Excuse my terminology. <laughs> Shows your training in architecture. Yes, 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 yeah, sticky uppy things. Sticky uppy things, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but more understandable probably than some of the technical language you could use so no, i've yeah. forgotten it all John. <laughs> that's why i said sticky uppy things um so yeah and they say it depends on whether the regional council de- decide that it's a notifiable consent I-, I did ask for the um assessment of uh, environmental effects that's been done by um the one of the local f- uh, firms and uh I've not yet managed to get that from council. I got an email this morning saying they were considering letting me have it, but um, (laughs) that consideration hasn't affected into anything yet. Rightio. Okay. I see you've got the Manu Bay breakwater on the list here, John. Uh, That's been on the list for years, yeah. Um, Yeah. Almost ever since, well, even since it was before being rebuilt. So it was a great fuss about getting the broken breakwater rebuilt. Then they rebuilt it. Then there was a great fuss about the way they'd rebuilt it, and that's ongoing. Um, and they've been talking about having a meeting, I think, for about six months now, and they're yeah. still to arrange a meeting. So, so yeah. um, they were because of COVID, they were like, let's have this meeting on Zoom, and then some partic- potential participants were like, we don't want to have the meeting on Zoom, or we can't have the meeting on Zoom, I'm not sure which. Or they couldn't make the date, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's still up in the air. Sewerage, John, where's the sewerage at? <coughs> when we say sewerage, are we talking about the proposed new sewerage system? 
or uh, yeah. disposal system uh, process well, and disposal? Yeah, the, the, the sewage works, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, or water treatment works, as the council calls it. Um, so the, um, the uh, community board has invited one of the planners working for water care, Stephen Howard, along to the meeting tomorrow. Um, I don't know whether he's accepted or not. Did Gabrielle know anything about that when she talked to you I on Friday? I, I don't remember yeah, even talking about that, didn't then. about who was coming. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, And Stephen's quite good usually with um, taking part in public things. So I would expect he's coming along tomorrow. Um, and there's also um, somebody called Keith Martin, who I don't know from the district council. Um, he's going to talk about the three waters reforms and how that's going to affect things. And right. there's also a meeting tomorrow night, which Stephen will be organising, and maybe that might be a reason for not coming along to the community board meeting tomorrow um, about the um, sewage proposal. So that's going to be 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Um, if you're interested in going, have a look at the community board agenda. It's got the link there. So it's a Zoom meeting. Uh, or, or indeed have a look at the um, summary that's on... Um, or linked on our uh, Raglan Community Radio Facebook page, um, which also has the link in it as well. So, so that so that's the um, when we say the sewage zoom meeting, that's the developments of the new works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they <coughs> they might be able to tell us more about what's happening. Is that um, is that like one of their public meetings where people can hook up and check out? Yes. What's going on? Okay. And again, one of the odd things is that the Waters Governance Board had a meeting towards the end of April, which um, none of that detail appears on the community board agenda. Um, we did talk about it a couple of weeks ago and the possibility of um, fluoridation of the um, Ragnum water is probably one of the controversial things, but it also talked about how they're going to sort out the sewage with what they're calling a sequence batch reactor and um, saying that the uh, Aquamat system they've got at the moment um, has completed its useful life and that they've got problems with non uh, with uh, total suspended solid levels. So that's the amount of gunk that gets into the sewage and gets pumped out there. So that's, that's not <coughs> to do with a new system, that's the current system, which is not up to scratch yeah, well, uh, according uh, to it, the current consent. Yeah, it's all part of the proposal that they're going to, as oh, they're okay. going to replace that with what they're calling a sequence batch reactor. So, um, Sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's possible to simply explain that. Stephen's quite good at doing those sort of explanations, so he might try tomorrow they, night. They can put a doohickey on it that's going to make the water cleaner <coughs> as it comes out. That's yeah. basically the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, John, we should have a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll look at uh, other things that will be discussed at the community board meeting happening tomorrow in the town hall again in the supper room at one thirty. So stand by. I'll be back in a moment. On the air, on the web, 24-7, raglanradio.com. Hey, you got the morning show with Aaron, and John's still here in the studio. Welcome back, John. Thank you. The sun's still out. The sun is. Thank you for the weather update. And I've just had a text from Gabrielle to say that she's going to put the links to the community board agenda and the wastewater meetup on the community board Facebook page shortly, and maybe the water's governance minutes. If okay, that answers that question. I guess, well done. I guess if she's got them, because that's uh, you've got to find these things before you can put a link to them. Now, uh, moving on to where are we moving on to, John? Um, well, if, if, you, if she's not sure where to find it, have a look at the Raglan Community Radio Facebook page, and she'll um, then be able to find the link on there. 
Um, so, because uh, it's linked on the link that's there. Uh, so, yeah. The food we were, waste? Should we talk about the food waste? Or have I interrupted? I was just uh, mouthing to someone out the door. Uh, f- food waste is down on the agenda. Um, 657 submissions, 55% support. Um, so, although council says they've yet to decide what to do, I think it's probably pretty obvious what they are going to do. So, yeah, they're well, going that, to charge us an extra seventy-two dollars and carry on with what we've got. So that I mean, they have to consider other things, but the other things they'll be considering is the fact, basically, that the whole world is moving toward doing this anyway, um, and they're getting direction from central yeah. government about <laughs> it. Hamilton City Council's already done it, so and it, and they're pretty sure they're all going to have to do it in a few years anyway through the whole district so what was interesting though john because we did talk we talked a lot years ago a few years ago about how um i i said my just straight out i said the previous survey they did on it was stuffed up it was a mess and it produced the wrong result and this is they asked two questions and they took the answer to one question and not the other yeah one one was and people interpret it as do you want the food waste like yep and do you want to pay 80 dollars dollars a year for it no which people, was the wrong a, figure a lot of people said and they only looked at the yeah as well as that so this was asked one simple question and i think that proves what we've been saying for a long time um, there is genuine support 55 percent support opposed to 45 um, so that will be going i'm sure that will be going ahead yeah of yeah. course it's still only about 10 percent of the population who's supporting it but um, it's pretty good in terms of surveys that have been done. Yeah, yeah, and the staff were actually amazed. They thought with COVID that they, they probably thought no one was going to submit, and they got like 657 submissions. That is a lot, yeah. And it just shows how how much of a big deal this the recycling is to the town and, and its identity, really. Yep, um, it still puzzles me that they've spent more on the airfield than they're going to be collecting <laughs> in terms of the extra rate but um they decide they can afford one thing but not the other um but anyway yeah um so we were moving on to bylaws i think there's there's a long list of bylaws oh yeah i really jumped the list didn't i yeah but well the community board they so to to be clear when a bylaw is changed the community board uh can make a submission and it's probably given more weight than the average person's submission but they the community board does not get to decide about uh, the dogs, the speed limits, the livestock, the waste, the public places, the reserves, appointments, trees, verges, alcohol, plaques. John, why is this list so long? Road closures, freedom camping, campgrounds, lighting, te reo Māori, heritage and climate, freedom camping. They'll be listening to the community board about that one because it's a big deal out here. <laughs> yeah, well, basically the community board wanted a list so that they could see what was coming up and um, get some idea of when they needed to organise something around them to get people um, aware of what was happening. So hopefully with this list, the community board's going to organise the community into putting in responses on these things when it's appropriate. Okay, so the dogs one pretty much done and dusted, isn't it? Yes. Uh, the speed is... Well, that comes up every year, so um, they, they do an annual review of the speed on the roads. But they've just done that, haven't they? Yes, but they're presumably working on the next one. And there's some things that they've not been able to do, like sort out Greenslade Red. So, oh yeah, well that's they're, a, they're that's, going to be interested in that. That's an ongoing saga. That one, <laughs> um, I like. I, I as as uh, I'm, not, I'm not a journalist, but as a journalistic entity, a media entity, I, I emailed Waka Kotahi and said, "What about that?" And they said, "There is a, as you're driving from Hamilton, there is a concealed sign there," and they said that that's adequate. And I'm I think what people are worried about is is hidden cues 
And I don't think concealed is adequate to suggest to people that they might, they might come around the corner and there'll be a car sitting dead still in their way. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's a hidden queue, and normally they have a sign that says hidden queue. Uh, so I know that the community board, uh, Gabrielle said she's going to keep working on that one. And she does live on Green State Road, so she has got an interest in that. Yes, they get a reminder every single day about that intersection. Yeah, and it is a pretty hair-raising intersection, and there's more traffic than there used to be. The Waikakotahi will eventually do something about it, because they also, they did a, um, not a survey, a, a, a consultation with the community about State Highway 23, but they moved so slowly. They did that over a year ago, and they're supposed to then move on to have a more serious consultation and then eventually they'll be changing. I have no doubt that they'll change the whole State Highway 23 to 80 kilometre an hour with a number of parts of it that will become 60. And I, and I saw in their report that, that they had universal comment that, yes, people want it to be much slower around Greenslade Road intersection, like 60k. So they probably will do that, but they just move so slowly it's painful. Well, they are covering the whole country and they're doing similar things up and down the country. So this is the whole move towards um, safer roads and um, moving towards uh, having no ex- or no deaths at all on the roads. Yeah, I mean, they probably think they're very busy doing the whole country, but from our point of view here, um, they're not doing anything <coughs> and they won't do the thing we want, which is put up a sign saying hidden queues. Yeah, um, or drop the speed limit <laughs> temporarily, because they, th- they can do things in a temporary way, can't they? They can put uh, a temporary sign on it. Can't they do that? I'm not sure about that legislation. Certainly for roadworks they can, but I'm not sure whether they can just because it's a dangerous area. Um, that was a shame, isn't it? It's dangerous, but they can't do anything. Because <laughs> um, one of the other things that mystifies me is why council and community board don't use the um, statistics which are available on the Wakakatahi website about the crashes and where they are and how serious they are and things like that so um, I have yet to understand why they're not using that to identify where the worst places are what, Have we got specific, specific information about that intersection? Well, if you look at all the intersections they're all quite dangerous and Greenslade Road isn't a lot more dangerous than when you the say, rest When you say all the intersections which ones? Well all the ones along the main road there Oh, okay. So it doesn't actually stand out statistically. Like, like Tomato Road and everything else. Yeah, right. Yeah. But they've um, got turning bays. Uh, some of them have, yes. They've got right turning bays. Um, Mongatafri Road's um, quite awkward. So it's, I mean, I'm not of, saying it's perfect. No, I know. Many of them are on bends because in the old days when you were going along with a horse and cart, you could easily stop. But now that you're going along at 100 rather than going along at... 20 if you're lucky yeah um, but but what I'm interested John is that you're saying that Wakakotahi's data shows that the Greenstate Road intersection isn't any more or less dangerous than the other ones on State Highway 23 well have, have a look at the figures on the Wakakotahi website and you, you'll see that all the road junctions are marked with red and black dots so, um, yeah okay <laughs> do we, well, do particularly we know those on corners I don't. I don't even know if there's been any crashes at that intersection or any. So I, I think it's that overall view that Wakakatahi's got that they're probably not saying they're saying it's um, maybe perceived as more dangerous because lots of people who live in Raglan see it frequently. Um, but in terms of the overall scheme of things, it's not a lot more dangerous than most of the intersections, and that's probably their reason for saying the whole road ought to be 
8G because there are that many junctions along it that are like that. Okay. All right, so we've talked quite a lot about this and we've really come to no conclusion. Well, no, that, no we, we can't say that anything definitive is going to happen at this point in time, so maybe we'll yeah, just Yeah, I'm not sure on. there's going to be much discussion on it tomorrow because, um, as we were saying, it's just a list of bylaws and the main objective of this is to make sure that when these things do come up for consideration that people in Raglan are aware of it and able to have yeah. their say. I do know that Gabriel wants to talk to Waka Kotahi about it, but I don't know what stage that's at at this point. Uh, what are we doing? What are we talking about next, John? Bearing in mind we've only got a few minutes left. Well, there may be something on civil defence. Um, there may be something on Raglan naturally. In both cases, um, we, we haven't got any details in the agenda for either of them. Going to be verbal updates by yep. the look of it. Yep. Um, uh, the representation review. We've talked about that one, and it's going to extend the community board so I think that's just a matter of reporting that but it is on the agenda and we're um, waiting for the specific maps to come out I mean there are maps yes. of what people uh-huh. submitted but we're waiting for the official maps to come out yeah um, so exactly where those boundaries are we're not certain but we've a fair idea yep uh, the discretionary fund I wanted to talk about this because I think people have forgotten a little bit about it through COVID uh, but the community board has about $14,000 a year John to, to give out to yep. local groups and uh, I highly recommend that you get in there. There's a bit of money at the moment because uh, it hasn't been used much this last 12 month period. And I think this goes from July to July, it's, doesn't it? Yep. And there's still over $11,000 in there, of which the Mental Health Toolbox want to produce a book- booklet to hand out. And that's uh, going to take 1500 out of it. Um, but we've still got, going we to had be a copy of one of those in the studio, but I don't think I can't see it right now. <laughs> Uh, well, if you want to see what it's like, then have a look at the community board agenda. Quite a big chunk of the community board agenda is taken up with that booklet okay. and what it looks like. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Rally New Zealand, they had that meeting uh, on Wednesday last week. You were there, John? Um, yes. Uh, there was a reasonably full commun- uh, uh, supper room. Um, well, a couple of rows of people at the supper room. So, Okay. Um, People for and people against? Uh, yes. There were those who were saying this is the greatest opportunity Raglan's <laughs> had for the last decade. And there were others saying that <coughs> there's going to be lots of noisy helicopters and we're getting our road closed and there's going to be dust and gravel all over the place. And the end of can- council never gets around to repairing it. The end of Western civilization. Now, there has been, there has, to be fair, there has been an issue that the bond hasn't been adequate. As far as I understand, the bond previously that the rallies have paid has not been adequate to fix up all the problems. Yeah, the, the, the point it. was being made that the previous events have been New Zealand events, whereas this is a world rally event. So the, um, the enthusiasts are drawing a distinction as to um, saying that what happened with previous rallies isn't necessarily what's happening with this one. Well, it doesn't. Well, yeah, okay, but. The real the re- the answer the real answer you're looking for is will there be will it get reinstated exactly the way it was no actually not exactly the way it was because it's full of corrugations round by Ruapuki, uh, but will it get will it be pristine afterwards? Will they do a proper job? That's what we all want the answer to. Well, what, what the people from the rally were saying was that we'll go round and uh, measure absolutely everything on the road, corrugations and all. And we'll make sure that it's no worse after we've finished with it than it was before we were on it. And what about because the, issue the cars will take those corrugations off to a large extent, uh, that might well improve the road in itself. Well, they take pretty much everything off, don't they? And yes. send, send all the stones into the 
nearby farmland. Yeah, well, that was one of the other complaints, that uh, the gravel ends up in the farmlands. <laughs> well, maybe they could just go and pick up all the bits of gravel. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. They, they were talking about the possibility of putting screens to stop it spreading away from the road. So that's a, an option that might be considered. On one, every, one of the, every corner? Uh, well, on the, the worst areas they were talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, in e- equally, the people down Fanga Road seem to be fed up, or some of the people down Fanga Road seem to be fed up with having rallies coming through and closing off their road for the best part of a couple of days. Uh, and the rally people said, well, we're not closing for a couple of days. You can give us a ring and we can um, tell you when it's safe to come out and escort you if you like. So, But it's not quite the same as being able to decide, oh, I've run yeah. out of bread, I need to go down to the supermarket and get some. <laughs> and this is another one with Raglan. With with their more and more population out here, there are a lot more people living up Funga Road and round Ruapuki Road, and all those areas. And I know that that a lot of them are not happy about it. I get that; that makes perfect sense. Um, they seem to be quite serious about doing something about it. So uh, we'll see how effective. We've had the example of the airfield where a few people seem to be able to change what council's doing. Though we still but that's, see, but what's that happening. was but that was easy because all you had to do was cut the wire. <laughs> well, all you have to do is to park your tractor on Fanga Road and <laughs> you can't race a car around it. So. Yeah, you're right. So that is also easy to sabotage if someone were to do We're not advocating this at all. Just let me, let me be clear about it. But we do know uh, that these things are possible, I guess. Because uh, one of the interesting things that I didn't know was that they're actually going to be using um, carbon neutral fuel, something called P1. Um, I've not yet worked out why it's not in wider use. but Probably uh, very expensive. Yeah, that could be an answer. Um, but um, apparently it's made in Germany and they're going to use um, hybrid cars which um, will run on battery power when they're in the centre of Raglan and things like that and run on this P1 fuel when they're not. Okay, okay. well that's a, that's a nice window dressing for the rally. Um. <laughs> well, people have been saying that in the, these, this age of um, global warming we shouldn't be having motor rallies and their answer to that was, well, we're carbon neutral. Apart from the helicopters, I don't suppose they're using it. Well, there's the whole thing too of, I mean, I don't want to come down on them, but I do have to point out now that they're coming from overseas. So there's all the travel to get here. There's the manufacture of the cars, which is they've got a lot of embedded carbon. So, you know... Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to be discussed there. But should we move on quickly, John? Because we haven't got much time. What did we want to just highlight? We've at got this a point? minute, I see. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think we've probably covered most of the other things in previous discussions. Um, um, you got that, but the discussions have also started with Mana Fenua about the future ownership of the Raglan airfield. Uh, yes. So that, that's in one, the policy. Um, committee agenda um, for today so that's being discussed by council today Um, so whether anything comes out of that further to again a fairly cryptic um, comment in that agenda um, I don't know Um, they're also talking about um, reasons for not doing various speed limits around town like people were asking for um, 60 kilometres an hour on Riria Karyop and Morial Drive. And Instead of, what is it? <clears throat> uh, I think it's 40 on most of it at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, um, that would be frustrating if you're driving down that every day. <laughs> um, 
Well, it always seems to me that when talking about speed, they ought to talk about time, because, um, in fact, it's probably only a few seconds difference on that sort of length. So um, it, it seems to me that when you talk about speed, it sounds a lot, but when you talk about time, it doesn't sound very much. Um, it's, it's, it's the, what would it's you do with a few seconds anyway? So, it's, yeah. yeah, it's the sensation of it, isn't it, and the emotional component. Yeah, well, that, that comes back to the motor racing, and some people were saying this encourages people to want speed. <laughs> hey, um, I just want to go back to, because we mentioned the discussions have started with Mana Whenua about the future ownership of the Raglan Airfield. I just, I actually took a photo of the signboard um, over there, Papahua, the other day. And um, the land was, so the Papahua land consists of 34 acres. In 1923, the Raglan Town Board went to Whatafata to ask Ngāti Haurua, Haurua, Sorry, I can't read the words, the letters properly. And Nati Mahanga to uh, sell the block. The request was refused. Under pressure to sell their land, the owners instead made a decision to transfer the land according to customary practice for use as a public reserve. The conditions attached to the transfer were that the land would never be sold, that the Raglan Town Board would derive no benefit from the land, that a bridge would be built between Papahua and the township, that the memorial monument to TRY Tire would be transferred to Papahua. Which was eventually done. And that uh, Ngāti Haurua and Ngāti Mahanga and the Crown would have equal rights over the land. So at the moment, that's the situation at the moment. It's not just council runs that land, it's run jointly with Iwi. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, part of it is because we ought to mention that the airfield's in three separate ownerships or three separate blocks of land. So As well, yeah. Yep. So anyway, so... so that, that's one of the blocks... Just the background, like that's an important part of the background to what's been happening on the airfield is that there's the decisions about the airfield have been jointly made. It's not just council, it's a big truck driving past, not just council making those decisions, but it's been made jointly with, with local people as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, John, thank you for coming in. And uh, you're going to be on the air tonight, are you? Uh, yep. I haven't decided what I'm doing yet. Okay. John will be talking about stuff. 7.30. Do it, talking about something local. Okay. <laughs> John's show is called Raglan Talking to Raglan. So it's pretty much always local. Thanks for coming in, John.